You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. What would be your top priority in a global apocalypse? Well, if you've been thinking about that question, you have found the right place. Welcome, systematic geekologist to another episode of HBO Specials. We're going to go deep. We're going to get in the dirt. We're going to ask some deeper questions around uh, a pretty hot uh, series on HBO right now called The Last of Us. And so, yeah, this is a part of our HBO special of going in deeper with with those series we love on HBO. And and this is a new one. It's not complete. It's four episodes in. It's going to be nine episodes total, but it's so hot right now. People are talking about it so much. We've talked about it on What's New and other avenues of our uh, podcast, but, but we thought that today would be a good day uh, to talk about what we've seen so far with this pretty awesome show around um, our HBO special. So uh, as we get started, um, we introduce ourselves and welcome. You may recognize my voice. I am Will Rose uh, from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I'm joined with um, some some OG systematic geekologists, and uh, you know them as Joshua and TJ. How you doing, friends? What's up? Doing pretty good. Even though we ended up sacrificing my favorite HBO series from our series of HBO shows because <laughs> someone from our audience, our listeners, said wanted us to do this. And we made it happen. Yeah, we listen yeah. to the people most yeah. of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> we always we listen. listen. We just when don't we like their ideas, we consider listen. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. TJ, how, how you doing today, buddy? I'm all right. Uh, I had a, a nice light shift at work. Mm-hmm. Seven hours. Seven hours. That, that's good. Go. That's not even nice. work for you, is it? Nope. Yeah. You could do that in your sleep. I could. I yeah. probably does. I don't sleep that long, though. <laughs> you could probably you could do that in a global apocalypse. You know, if there's an no, outbreak, no. a virus, some mold, some fungus, zombies, robots, AI. I don't know. Whatever apocalypse throws at us, you could you could probably just work through your shift, not even blink an eye, just do it. Feed people as they're running for their lives. Yeah, TJ, uh, how does Chipotle feel about uh, fungus? Bad. Mm, okay. Fungus bad. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> we are we are going to talk about. Uh, the last of us today and um and so we're, before we get into the episode of those four episodes and what we think so far about this um apocalyptic genre of a show um i have a question uh, since it's an hbo series special series I, I just wanted to ask our hosts like what is your history with hbo home box office what is what was your first experience was it allowed in your household did you have a subscription did you have to wait till hbo max uh did you have to wait till you get out of the house what what is your history tj i'll let you go first what is your history with hbo has it always been a part of your life or or just just recently yeah so uh we didn't even have cable except for like two years that we did and we definitely did not have hbo hbo <laughs> yeah. on, during those two years mm-hmm. so Pretty much my entire exposure to HBO up until about last year was HBO is a channel that exists. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then and you had here, and you had to break and then you have it now HBO Max. What was yeah. what what brought you on board to that uh, in the streaming wars that that you finally bit and and started uh, subscribing to HBO Max? Well, as is with many things, someone else paid for the subscription. 
<laughs> yeah. My roommate has it. Okay. There so you go. It's on the Good big sound. TV. So you just go in there and boom. Time to watch The Last yeah. of Us. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, Joshua. See if I can. Uh, so, so growing up for a long time, I, it wasn't just that it wasn't allowed. It was that in my head, up until probably Game of Thrones started, I just thought that HBO was soft porn. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what HBO was. <laughs> Game of Thrones came around, and I knew that was on on there, and I was like, okay, so it's soft porn that also has story. Cool, because <laughs> that's basically you know my uh, faith community at the time. That's kind of what they thought of it. it was just right. a lot of. Uh, you know, body parts floating around. I was like, okay, well, I'm not, I don't want to watch that. Um, then one, t- one day, like three, four years ago, Lord of the Rings was on HBO. So one, one of my best friends uh, got it to watch Lord of the Rings without having to put the DVDs in. Cause obviously we have the DVDs, but sometimes you're too lazy to put the DVDs in. Wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, he got, it was like a free month or something. And I was like, sweet. So I watched Lord of the Rings, then I was like, oh, what next? And I know he was obsessed with my favorite HBO series now, Newsroom. Mm-hmm. So I watched through all that in like a week and was like, God, that is just fantastic. So I watched it as much as I could until his free trial ended. And then like a year ago, Tiffany got it to watch True Blood, I think it was, which is one of the series we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Kino likes it a lot too, turns out. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. It's okay. Um, and then ever since she got it, I found so many other shows that I love on it. I just watched everything. Yeah, nice. if, you're, if you're a DC fan, yeah, you have to it's, get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a true. good get. That was a good get um, from from HBO. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I am definitely the one of the it, I, I'm the oldest host on on Systematic Ecology, and so being 50 years old, I remember a day when there wasn't HBO and when there's just a few channels on the TV, and then we got cable, and then there was this one channel called HBO, the Home Box Office, that you had to pay extra for, because that is where you could go and watch shows and movies that actually, yeah, had nudity or had cussing or was the movie that was at the theater a few months ago, but then it drops on HBO. You can now watch it in the comfort of your own home, the home box office, not the box office, not go all the way to the theater, but you could actually watch a movie that you saw in the theater in your home. It was radical. It was crazy. So, so that uh, I remember when my parents got HBO and they, you know, they were like, you can't watch this after a certain time of day because later on at night they would have like HBO after dark. They would have the rated R movies, uh, uh, the more risque or horror movies there, uh, violent movies there at night. But during the day, they, they would try to put on some some more kid friendly movies and stuff. And I was home for the summer on my own. You know, we'd watch HBO all the time because it would have these different movies on a loop. And I remember the time when they put uh, when finally Star Wars and New Hope dropped on HBO and we were like, finally, we could watch. We don't have to wait for it to come on VHS or rent it or wait for it to hit the theaters again. We could watch it over and over again. And we watched it so much. Um, so yeah, that was good. We had HBO growing up. Um, I think I had it on cable uh, most of the time, but then when they started going to these streaming services and stuff, I, I didn't have HBO. Um, and so there's a definitely a gap within like the series like Game of Thrones that I totally missed because we didn't have HBO at the time. We weren't paying extra for that service or, or movie channel. And so um, definitely when HBO Max came on, the streaming wars and DC moved over there, we finally bit the bullet and, and got HBO Max. And we've been uh, binging lots of shows like um, Game of Thrones and other Titans, other things to try to like catch up with the rest of the world when it comes to HBO. And so here we are with The Last of Us. And I heard this was coming down the pike. It wasn't necessarily on my radar. Uh, but then 
all of a sudden they're like, oh, it's the same guy from the Mandalorian who's also taking care of a child to try to get it to safety or or on adventures each week. I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And then TJ revealed to me that it used to be a video game. And I was like, what? Okay, this is a video game from 10 years ago. And as I'm watching the show, I'm like, wow, this was a video game. Okay. But I love it. And I, and I think it's fantastic. HBO's reputation has changed so much over the years. Yeah. It's so it's so weird to hear people who talk about like this is where you used to get your movies because I'm like that's just not what I've ever thought of HBO as. Yeah. Yeah. Like even now I'm like it's just a coincidence that there happens to be movies over there. I can still hear the song uh, like before a movie started it go da na 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 and it's just swirling HBO you can find <laughs> yeah. it probably on YouTube somewhere but that was that still goes in my head now you have like this kind of like um a brief intro to HBO series with the fuzz and then the HBO comes into focus and that's definitely yeah. the new intro but a little bit quicker but but yeah we had to watch a swirling HBO come towards <laughs> us uh like a comet um but uh but yeah yeah it definitely has changed over and, and i do think it makes a difference because it's like one thing i think tv has changed so much and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole just now but in terms of like you had normal shows on network then you had cable then you had things like tnt and amc and then you had hbo showtime cinemax that would pour money into or could do a little bit more like um, risque things or rated R or soft porn stuff where they didn't have to worry about like, um, those who were, who were going to edit them or tell them they couldn't be on, on the air. Um, so, so yeah. And then like now that's where a lot of your big time show, big budget shows are. They, they have the money, they have the clout. Um, and I think that leading into, uh, the last of us, like it, it's, a, it's a apocalyptic post dystopia series, but it has HBO money as HBO actors, HBO money, HBO, like let things loose. You don't have to confine yourselves to, to a lot of barriers. Just go for it. Do, tell the story you want to tell. Yeah. Yeah. They actually destroyed Boston, uh, for the set. They did. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. They did. Yep. HBO has that kind of money. <laughs> okay. Wow. I, uh, <laughs> so you mentioned that TJ is the one who enlightened you that it was a video game. Yeah. I've never played the game either. So I, have, I do have a couple questions to the one who's played the game. Um, because I, <laughs> what, what's, what's really interesting to me, um, part of, you know, we mentioned HBO's reputation and part of that for me really rings loud and clear in some stuff like game of Thrones to me. was too much. The story for me gets lost in all the gore and all the nudity and stuff. In that series, this series, it's like all story. This is like, to me, I would think of the zombie show. If there was ever a one that was going to be all gore all the time, it would be the zombie right. show. Mm-hmm. And that's not really the case. TJ, is that is that in the video game? Like, obviously, there's going to be more fighting in the video game. But is it like a really story based game or is it? Oh, yeah. Uh, most people, if you ask them about The Last of Us, they're going to tell you it's one of the best story driven games they've ever played. Uh, OK, that makes sense. Because so I know some met- games are basically all story. Yeah. So I didn't know if that was like where this fell in like the spectrum of story to game ratio. Yeah. And I guess with the first four episodes that we've met characters that are in the game that have given a little bit more screen time. But, but are these some, some characters that were um, TJ that that were expected to come along that, that were in the game at the beginning of the story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all didn't know this is just me and Will interviewing TJ about the game. That's right. They, uh, they introduced <laughs> Fedra and the Fireflies a little quickly, but that might just be because I like to play the start of The Last of Us pretty slowly. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Gotcha. Yeah. And so, so again, folks, like, yeah, this, this is a post-apocalyptic, uh, dystopia future, uh, think zombies, uh, think AI or whatever, except they replace it with the, the monsters or the virus, the outbreak, um, deals with, with fungus and, um, in a different way to kind of take control of, of humans. And, you know, for me, it has all the tropes for that kind of genre. I was a big fan of walking dead until I wasn't, uh, but, um, for a long time, I was a big fan of, of walking dead. And so I, I love the zombie genre. I lose the, I love the post apocalyptic genre because, um, it, it, I love the origin story to see how it outbreaks and how things start to change. I do like to see how they settle into a new normal. And then I, I like to see what the mission is going to be. What are they trying to accomplish? What are they going to do? Is it just for survival or is there a mission they have to do? And this this show has, has definitely has that same pattern. You have the outbreak. You have like, oh, my gosh, this is actually happening. And then they they um they push forward, fast forward 20 years later, and then you get to see kind of really quickly what the new normal is like in this world. And then you quickly move to like, all right, we have these characters who have a mission, um, who who are, are teaming up and they have somewhere they need to go, where to be, and they meet people along the way. And, and I'm wondering for you guys, in terms of watching this show, does this show hit a little different kind of in a post-pandemic COVID world? Did this hit any different or strike a nerve for you guys? Nope. Yeah, I wouldn't say so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's the same as usual. Uh, The only thing that that was different about this one to me is every other zombie thing that I've seen, I was like, yeah, I feel like it's more likely it would be it would be this. And literally, I've been seeing for years that I thought it's more likely that it would be cordyceps. Mm. It would be a fungal breakout, not of virus or bacteria or whatever else so to me i was like hey this is what i keep telling people if a zombie apocalypse happened uh, it would be this so that hit different but Mm -hmm. i I think the covid stuff didn't really like i didn't even consider it (laughs) other than how people reacted but not necessarily the fear factor or the breakout itself stuff right it feels more poignant i think yeah expand yeah like you can it's pretty easy uh, to watch something that is trying to reflect real life and say, well, that's just not how that would happen. Uh, but I know for a fact, a lot of people would just ignore this if it happened in real life hmm. now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's for me, that's why it hit a little different because yeah, we can speculate about pandemics and viral outbreaks and zombies and, and think through that. I mean, that's, we've said it over and over again that this kind of post-apocalyptic genre, you know, at its root, it's it's not apocalypse. Doesn't mean war or the end of all things or the, actually the monster. Uh, the word apocalypse literally means to reveal. So, what is this revealing to us? And usually, tragedy, devastation, big virus outbreaks, or zombies, or 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 war. And I would even say, you know, COVID, a global pandemic, was very apocalyptic in a sense that it revealed to us a lot about um, how we navigate the world, what's important to us, and what what we do when we're scared or nervous nervous. And so as I kind of project onto this show and watch a little differently than I did with walking dead in the back of my mind, it's, it is playing how we reacted to COVID, how we reacted to a global outbreak. If a virus could really happen and change the way we live life, change the way the government responds to things. Um, 
it forces me to to think about and reflect on what do I hold most dear and what I value the most that I'm going to hold on to, whether it's community or my kids or, uh, you know, or or my money or my my, um, you know, the way I want to go to concerts or not. I mean, that that kind of thing, not to throw be flippant with that, but like we really did see with our own kind of viral outbreak, what people really held important and what they wanted to keep doing or not doing. And so watching this show, I can't help but think about that. My, my, um, my, my wife was watching with me. We were big Walking Dead fans in the day. And so as we're watching The Last of Us, I mean, she's kind of like, you know, I don't find it as intriguing because I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, it's, the acting's a little better, has a bit more money. But she's like, I feel like I've seen this before in, in, in Walking Dead. For me, it's a little different, but just because I like the idea that if you're infected by a fungus, that's a little bit more it, with global warming, with how things evolve, that thing seems more realistic than like, the walking dead walk around and biting you and, and catching a virus. It seems like, Oh man, something could hop species and get into our brain or whatever. Um, but for you guys watching this, is it, is it a little different than say a walking dead? Does it have a different tone? What is it about this show that makes it a little bit more special or you think people are attracted to rather than just another zombie flick or zombie movie? I haven't really seen the walking dead. Mm. I didn't see much of it. I couldn't get into the walking dead for the life of me. I just, it was too slow. Which is interesting because I think I've heard people say this was slow too. I haven't experienced that, but that's because I didn't go in with really any expectation. So I'm not expecting a lot of violence and the story is moving pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, if you're expecting it to be all violence, then yeah, it's probably pretty slow. But if you're just there for the story, story's going pretty quick in this one. Um, I don't think the story went very quickly in Walking Dead. At least the first season, the parts that I saw, it was kind of slow. Right. Um and I think it asks a different question than most apocalyptic stuff. And that's what really intrigues me because I like philosophy more than theology most of the time. <laughs> and I I feel like most apocalyptic literature or movies or whatever does a lot of who would survive. That's what it's revealing. What kind of person right. would survive? Right. This one is asking more, what would you desire? It's a different question. And thus, it's just more interesting to me. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. TJ, what do you think? Is this is, is it asking a different question than some kind of the other zombie flicks or robot apocalypse or whatever? Do you think this is going a different route or different angle? Yeah, I I think a lot of what The Last of Us is asking is more related to the quality of your character. Hmm. Like, are, are you willing to set aside the meager life you've managed to carve out so that others could have a better one. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> and what I find really interesting, and, and I think other apocalyptic stuff does this as well, but not as but not as well. <laughs> Weird sentence. Um, if you deconstruct all of the things that you have to do necessarily, you know, in our current world, the way society is set up, I have to go to work. I have to pay for gas. I have to go here, do this. I have to go to church. There's a lot of have tos, you know, some of them are from societal pressure. Some of them are for survival, whatever. Mm -hmm. In this world, we see a world where if you want to survive, survive. But, but there really is no have tos. Like all of those pressures seem to be taken away. Mm. And it's more of if you're going to be in the city, you got to do what they say. Or they're going to kill you. I mean, that that's definitely a thing still. But if you're not in the city, it seems like they don't really care what you're doing. Live, die. Marry a guy, <laughs> not marry a guy. They don't care. 
Yeah, but I do think the overdrop too is also like this kind of government control, how they respond to it. So do they just they, – they don't even care if you're infected or not. Like they're driving through the streets and they see like a bunch of people burned up. And so they're like they weren't even infected. Why do they get rid of them? Well, it's easier to get rid of them to, to ask or or explore whether they're infected or not. We're going to do what's best to, to kind of like survive. So I think the government overreach – when it comes to those things had been is definitely they're playing around with that. Now I don't know mm-hmm. too much about the game in terms of the factions of the, the fireflies and then the, those in the city who are trying to survive to come together and they're trying to keep the infected out or, you know, those who are in every kind of apocalyptic genre uh, movie or show, you have the folks who are just trying to survive and, and grow plants and, and eat a good meal and and take care of their loved ones, even if they don't have electricity. But then you have those who want to like like rape and pillage. And, and you definitely have that kind of threat too. the people who want to come in and just take what you have because they're trying to survive. So you, it does. It goes back to this kind of like, you know, uh, I don't want to say like, yeah, dark ages of like you're with your tribe. You don't have electricity. You're just trying to have your fire and food for for the season, and then protect your village at all costs. The outsiders coming in, it, it definitely reduces you back to that kind of primal instincts of of survival. Yeah, and then the, the ending of episode four, here's where we're at mm-hmm. right now, and I'm like, man, that raises a lot of questions for me. Someone who has mm. no, I have no introduction to the game or the story at all. So I'm just me like, too. Man, me too. I'm along for the There's ride. so much that I'm like, what is happening here? But what's funny, just as a quick side note, TJ and Christian mentioned on one of the what's news, like, oh, it'd be really funny if somebody knew that this person existed, but didn't know that the original person you saw wasn't them. Cause then they'd be really shocked by that death. <laughs> I was so clueless by all the things they said. I'm just watching the beginning of the show going, one of these people are going to die. And I'm supposed to think that it's somebody <laughs> that they're not. And I don't understand what's happening. And then when the girl died, I was like, why? Why did it have to be that one? Why couldn't they admit that I was going to think that the weird uncle that I didn't care about was going to die? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It got me. <laughs> yeah. Almost. That's almost exactly what we wanted to, to experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, it got me. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I'm along for the ride too. It's four episodes in. Uh, we there's nine total in the season. I'm sure it's going to be very successful, and uh, I wonder if they're going to drag it out into a second season. If, usually, when things are successful, they'll keep it going until they can, uh, you know, run it dry. They're going to keep going to that that money pit and see what we can do. But I, um, I'm curious to see where they go with it, and I love the adventure along the way of this. And we saw in the fourth episode, you know, this kind of heart. Joel is very hard and crass, and he's not going to be attached to this kid because he lost his own. And he does not want to have any attachments and fear that, you know, it's the danger of loving again is is this kind of, a, kind of theme there. But by the end of episode four, you see them starting to laugh together. They're sharing puns. They're sharing jokes. They're starting to crack up. They're starting to get to know one another, not just as like this asshole who's trying to get to where they need to be or. Or, or this like bratty little kid who uh, who's just going to get me killed. Um, I, I thought that growing together and then that's where the risk is in the character, uh, why you care for these people and what's going to hold me on to keep watching, hoping that tragedy doesn't strike again. But you you never know. You never know with these shows. Yeah. That kid's one of my favorite characters in anything I'm currently watching. I, I enjoy her a lot. Um, She's TJ, fantastic. I wanted to throw part of that we don't know what's going to happen to you. Not to give us a spoiler, but nope, nope, please don't. But I am curious how much of the government overreach and human infighting is going to be part of the story going forward. A lot, 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, folks. Do, 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 breaking news. Do, 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 do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Myconids are not the real monsters here. Oh. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. But I, I do want to say, real quick, there are two games. There are two The Last yeah. of Us games. Oh. I knew that. So I'm yeah. almost certain we're locked for season two at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard this much excitement around a show since like Mandalorian season one. Like it's like, it's crazy. Like I'm at work and everybody's talking about the show. We started a new chat in our teams. If my boss is listening, no, we didn't, but <laughs> people are so excited about the show. And I'm like, what, why? I wasn't even sure if I was going to watch it. And then I'm like, TJ and Christian talking about it. Everybody at work. So I'm like, I, I'm going to jump on this. You know, I want to know what it's about. And then I see the questions they're asking, how they're answering it. And I'm like, Oh dang, I want to, I want to see where this goes. This is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And here we are. Come come up pretty soon. March 1st, we're going to have Mandalorian Season 3. So we're going to see um, uh, two, two shows with some very popular uh, themes and, and actor in it. And, and yeah, the girl like who the plays guy, Ellie. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ellie, who's in The Last of Us, she, she was also um, a pretty cool character in, in Game of Thrones as well. Um, she, she was a younger person who did some pretty... Mm-hmm pretty awesome stuff <laughs> so it's like yeah. i know her we just got finished watching that series i know her from somewhere and yeah that's where it's from yeah. well, well going back to your question i think it's a good that's the question that uh, apocalyptic genre asks and holds up the mirror for but you know and what do you think your desire would be if you were in the same situation if you were there yeah i would not be a survivalist i would not like be the person that creates a bunker and has a wall full of um, guns and could be able to plant and set traps and booby traps in front of my house i would probably not be that person um um, but in terms of like caring for my family, I want to protect them and, and make sure the ones I love um, um, are protected. I would definitely lean lean hard into that. But but what would be some of the things that, that you desire or you think would come to the service if you could predict it? I'm just trying to help people. Mm-hmm. I, well, it's interesting that this, this show has changed my perspective on some of this because the only other apocalyptic thing that I really got into is I Am Legend. Yeah, yeah, that's and great. That's, uh, Fantastic. Vampires, if anybody's mm-hmm. wondering, those are vampires, they're not zombies. Mm-hmm. Just saying. But uh, the what's interesting about that one is if you're the last survivor, basically, is what it is. But in this, that's not necessarily the, say, the case. You can find other communities of people if you're willing to risk it. And if you're able to trust other people in this world. Mm. Yeah, who do you trust? And I don't know. A part of me wonders, do I want to find a community that I can connect to and be part of a community still? Or... Honestly, like, I know this is super morbid, but like, honestly, part of me is like, I so fear becoming a monster that part of me is like, man, we know that the virus can infect dead people. Do I try to get killed so that I can't get infected? (laughs) You know, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's kind of tempting, honestly. I mean, that's an option when it comes to that. You know, a nuclear weapon's coming your way. You know, an outbreak. You know, that, that kind of the option, the nihilistic, um, just just get done with it and end it now is, is definitely an option in, in a post-apocalyptic, like it's not worth living. Um, that that is, that is an answer. And, and you got to think through that. It, it pushes, and there's people who answer it that way in, in the show. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that's a lot different than some zombie literature and stuff and then some vampire stuff you know you can be infected after you're dead so it's like i've never even contemplated that because why bother i might still become whatever i might have the infection and it might not activate till i die so that's a risk i don't want to take but in this they said the dead can't be infected so i'm like hmm. yeah yeah seems I, like a pretty solid option to me 
And and I yeah, man, I I love the zombie genre. I have a whole long history with that. But but this this a new take on like zombie slash uh, viral fungus mushroom head folks that can like click <laughs> and turn and have like a hive mind that all kind of reach out to one another through the mushroom force and and chase after people yeah. that um yep i just said that mushroom force yeah, i just yeah. came out, did <laughs> not plan that um they reached out and and can do that is is something a little different on the genre that that i love and maybe it was there for the game but first time i've seen on screen and and man i, I yeah. i'm there for it i think it's yeah. i think it's fantastic um I, I do wonder because i've always said it but i don't i'm not really a scientist like that i wonder tj do you know anything about this particular type of fungus? Like, did you happen to study it when you were doing biology at school or anything like that? Cordyceps? I read it a few times. Um, it's just people bring it up every once in a while. And it's like, oh, did you hear about that that mushroom that takes over brains? So, like, it's something I knew about for a, a long time before I even played the game. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I knew about it. I just didn't scary. know if you had, like, ever, like, studied it in depth or knew anything more than we know. I know in the games, there's something about spores in the air. So I keep looking for that in the show, but I don't know what it is about spores. Yeah, yeah. So they, they changed the spores in the air thing to tendrils for the show. Explain, please. No. Yep. What, what uh, were the spores in the air in the game? And what are tendrils? The spores were just mushroom spores in the game. But like which, if they're in the air, do you get infected? I mean, what's the uh, Yeah, you, the you breathe them in and cordyceps grows in your lungs. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. And in the show, there's how's it work? They're the the tendrils that you see coming out of their mouth, coming out of their yeah. mouths and yeah. fingernails and okay, yeah, which is actually the original concept they had for the game, but they decided that the spores would work better mechanically, right? And that makes more sense for a TV show. It's like if you're going to get infected and just walk around the air, you can't have everybody get infected by just breathing. You would have to like, how do you transfer this virus? And if you you like kind of stay away from these tendrils from a bite or something like that, that makes more sense in a TV show. You don't have everybody walking around just breathing air. And cause I see them, there are a lot of dusty rooms um, and they're breathing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it just seems like they're going to get infected. But, but that's not the case. They have to be in contact uh, to be kissed or, or bit or the tendrils go into their skull or brain. Um, I, I think um, is um, <clears throat> really, really well done. And, and I think, as you said, like that opening scene of these scientists talking about like global warming and what could happen if mutation happens and evolution. And, and um, I think uh, that, that is more believable and more scary to me. It's like, Hey, if this can happen in ants, if this can happen in insects, then the man, it could, it could happen to us. And so that for me, that's, oof, that's um, an extra element of fear and reality that I'm bumping up against that that has me intrigued. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. I loved that speech between those two mycologists. It was just such a, a good way to set the tone for the show and, you know, a good way to show people that like, hey, this would be really bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, post-pandemic, post-ish, uh, uh, COVID, COVID is still reality. It's become an endemic, and we still have to figure out what, what we're doing and how we navigate the world. It's changed the world in many ways. Uh, again, it sits with me a little differently as I watch the show and what could and couldn't happen uh, a year from now, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. Uh, so yeah. it's definitely it's definitely has has my attention. And yeah. let's, let's take some notes, folks. Let's, let's learn from how we reacted before and how we can work together and the dangers of all that together. Let's, let's, let's take notes and come together on this. Yeah. It was there right off the bat. And I was like, Hmm, real life. People would also absolutely ignore these two guys. Yep. That's right. 
All right. Any any la- other thing? There's fun HB- new HBO show. There's going to be a classic. They're going to be watching years and years and years down the road once they finish the series ten years from now. Who knows? Uh, yep. Someone's going to be like, "Oh, look what I found." Um, I will say, when season two comes out, don't everybody hate on it all at once. Okay. <laughs> There's a good teaser. There's a good thing. Oh, so the game. So, so the game part two. People people complained about a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Boy. Oh boy. A lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh don't tell us why tj because um i don't want to know what season two is about or what they could change i'm gonna um no do not do not tell us regardless of um what josh was motioning to you out through the mushroom forest to tell you what to do it's not gonna yeah. happen um Sorry, yeah so <laughs> weave is is tingling oh boy um Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for hopping on here. Uh, let us know what you think of this show. We'll probably, maybe we'll loop back around when it's all said and done, and we'll have another discussion about this, either on What's New or HBO or or just a whole other episode or a live stream on our new YouTube channel. Who knows? Who knows how this is going to go? Uh, but, but yeah, let us know what you think of the show. And, um, yeah, so as we wrap up, as we wrap up, uh, we talked about in our movie series, Drive-In, what, what's like your favorite like movie, uh, go to the theater snack, and and what you have to do in order to So here we are, home box office. You're watching from home, uh, your favorite show on HBO. Uh, favorite snack, go to. What, what, what is it? What, what, what do you guys have? Oh, I'm not a snacker. Okay. But uh, a nice cup of slightly under room temperature Dr. Pepper. That's my jam. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I gave my snack before too, so I'm just going to go with the drink also then. Um, okay. It does depend what I'm watching. If yeah. if Disney ever releases a Pirates of the Caribbean series, it'll be rum. Mm. Disney do it. Um, also, but uh, this kind of show, I pro- probably a lager. Something a little dark, but not like too dark or too strong and sweet that I can just kind of relax and watch a show too, you know? Nice. Nice. Yeah. And for me, it all depends when I'm watching it during the day. Like if I'm, I'm trying to catch up in the morning, I'm definitely Rude. not having a rum or, or a lager or a glass of wine. I'm probably having my third cup of coffee and, 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 and bacon toast. Uh, but if it's in the evening and chilling at the end of the day, uh, maybe a beer, maybe a glass of wine, uh, maybe a, uh, what we've discovered um, is uh, grapefruit spindrift, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's a it's a fizzy water with great. I'm not a big grapefruit fan, but it is it it for some reason this particular low calorie drink um, tastes kind of hoppy to me. So it's like I'm having a calorie free, alcohol free, uh, hoppy drink in the evening. And then snack wise, it just depends on where I am and how much dinner I've eaten or not. So that's it. Yeah. Cool. If I'm yeah. gonna snack, I want something quiet though. Quiet snack. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll fry up some mushrooms and have some fried mushrooms when I watch the finale of um, The Last of Us, or have some put some mushrooms on top of my salad. You know, I'm a yeah. surfer, so I, there's no way in the world you're ever going to get me to eat like a uh, shark because I don't want a shark to eat me. So I will never eat shark meat or shark uh, in terms Fair. of seafood. Uh, but but with this show, I know you know maybe I'll eat some mushroom just to see just to see what happens. Yeah, it's also yeah. I've heard shark is really bitter. Yeah, I, I would never know. I'm not going to eat. It's on my I'm bucket list. I have a list of things that I want to eat before they can eat me. The problem with shark is uh, it's usually just gotten so immorally, amorally, that I'm just like, I'm just not okay eating it unless yeah, I know it's not okay sure to eat how sharks. it was harvested. 
it's not okay. They're endangered. So uh, if any of our listeners are sharks, um, uh, just know that we're we not going to eat you. We love you. Please do not eat me. Unless and, you uh, die of natural causes, in which case yeah. I'm taking it off my bucket list. Fair fair game. If I die of natural causes, um, if I die of natural causes in the ocean and you find me, you can't feel free. Snack on me, shark. Fair. But other than that, don't. Let's, know that. Let's ride a wave together. Uh, that being said, well, folks, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. We hope you tune in again for our next HBO series or What's New or uh, deep cut or live stream go to our website uh, click on the hosts uh, find out more who we are click on the episodes find out what uh, you're into I'm sure yeah there might have been an episode from like a year and a half ago you had no idea that we did you're just listening to us now and this might be your first episode you're like what you talked about Ultraman yeah you talked about Godzilla yeah you talked about One Piece we sure did we talked about Bad Batch yeah we talked about Kingdom Hearts yep you all right. So go back, find those episodes, and then uh, and then keep listening. And then, uh, yeah. So as we always do, we want to close off by saying, remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.